0: All right, everybody. So, it's great to see everybody and meet you. Hopefully, maybe sometime in person. And uh, it's a great honor to be able to be on with everybody right now from all the different uh, parts of the world. What a what an amazing thing that we can uh, come together uh, in a group um, online and uh, and reach the nations. And you know that's what we as uh, those who want to make a maximum impact, we've got to do everything we can to reach the nation. So uh, I was asked to speak a little bit today for a few minutes. And uh, I'm actually from the state of Texas, from the USA. And uh, I welcome all of you into my home and my office right now. But um, I thought I would start off uh, with a main scripture verse that I wanted to share uh, in 1 Corinthians 13 31. And 1 Corinthians 13 31 says, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. And I wanted to kind of have that as my overarching uh, scripture verse, while I share a little bit of my testimony with you, so you know where I've come from. But in, then again, as I share my testimony, uh, that um, You can kind of. I will make some bullet points out of that. So, somebody give me a thumbs up if you can hear me out there. Can you hear me out there? There you go. All right. Now I know it. Okay. So I'm. uh, I grew up in a a non-Christian home. I don't know how a lot of you came to faith in Christ, but I grew up in a non-Christian home. I knew nothing about Jesus for the majority of my young life, all the way up until I was 27 years old. I knew nothing. I thought I was. I I just thought, I knew nothing about heaven. I knew nothing about Jesus. I knew nothing about his birth. I knew nothing about any of that because through my whole life, basically, no one ever shared their faith with me in Christ. No one in high school um, or grade school, high school uh, and on, no one ever shared Christ with me. So I had no concept of what it was to be a born again Christian. Um, And and what's amazing to me is I lived in, in in regards to America, I lived in what we call a, you know, very suburban area. And there were churches, uh, if you're not, if you don't know anything about here, there's churches on every street corner of all the different denominations and faiths. And even in that, no one ever talked to me about Christ. Never. I never knew, I knew nothing about it. And, you know, I think about all the times in my life when, things could have happened that my life could have ended, and I would not have spent eternity in heaven. So I'm going through my whole life. Now I end up being in the military. So I was a former uh, Navy diver, we call it. And I was in the military, and no one shared the gospel with me. in there knew nothing about that. I played college football. No one knew, uh, shared uh, the gospel with me through those years as well. So now I'm in the military, and it's time for me to get out. So I am in the state of California and I'm walking on a military base and unsaved, completely lost on my way to hell, no understanding of anything. And uh, there was a, I, I remember walking back to my barracks. i had just eaten breakfast and I'm walking back to my barracks. And I remember an, a, hearing a young man who ran, was running up behind me. I heard, I heard footsteps and I heard and, and saw this young Navy man, this young military man ran up to me and he was standing next to me and he started to walk with me and he started to ask me questions. And he started to ask me things about life. And I didn't know what he was doing. Although now many decades later, I realized he was evangelizing me. So I didn't realize it, but he's asking me what I thought about life, what I was going to do with my life. And I'm kind of getting aggravated and I'm look, I kind of looked at him and said, Hey man, can you, you know, knock it off and just leave? but he didn't he kept he kept talking to me and then finally he jumped in front of me and he said to me he goes hey i want to share something with you and i remember he shared the gospel of jesus christ with me and i never heard it before i i didn't know jesus died for my sins i didn't know that i was a sinner and he made it very clear to me that i was lost in my sins without christ but the good news of it is is that jesus came and suffered on the cross for me became my substitute died for me rose again victorious over death hell and the grave and sin and that jesus could be my savior and i could have a right relationship with god and he went through the whole gospel message with me i remember that and i at that particular moment i remember right before he left after he got done he looked at me and he said i want to tell you one thing before i leave that jesus loves you and i remember hearing that and it all of that impacted me but none of that i did not at that moment give my life to christ but I want to say to everybody out there, the gospel seed was planted in me. So the seed of the gospel is planted. So don't ever think that if you're witnessing to somebody or sharing your faith with someone that they uh, that, that seed will not come to fruition in their salvation. It could be years later. Um, and I also want to make a point that this guy cared enough about my soul. And I think a lot of times, even us who are in ministry and you know, we get busy with ministry, um, this young man cared enough about my soul, my eternity, that he was willing to give up his time. He was willing to chase me down, and he was willing to share the gospel with me. So I didn't get saved. I went back to my barracks. I sat on my bunk, and I remember calling my mom on the phone. I said, hey, mom, I'm coming home, you know, and I told her this young guy talked to me about God, and, and you know, she wasn't really excited about it. So I got back home, and when I got back into my, I got back into my normal routine. So I was a competitive powerlifter. So I, I lifted weights and competed in that, and I got really big and really strong. And um, about five years after that young man had shared the gospel with me, I was sitting in a bar in a, in my in my hometown. And as I was sitting on that bar stool, unsaved, I felt. Uh, I looked around the bar and I wondered what was going on. You know, why, where's my life going? And then all of a sudden, I remember it like my my. It's like the window shades of my eyes just rolled up. And I saw in that bar, what my life, what I was doing, what was happening. And I got very aggravated about all this. And I ran out of the bar, got in my car, drove back to my apartment. And from about 1030 at night to 130 in the morning, I paced back and forth in my living room of my apartment because I didn't know it, but I was under conviction of the Holy Spirit. So I'm in my apartment, just pacing back and forth, trying to find what is going on. Why do I feel this way? Well 1:30 in the morning I walked into my bedroom and I was a 325 pound powerlifter and I walked into my bedroom and this is the amazing thing I felt that I needed to I knelt down by my bed I wasn't in a church I was in my bedroom I knelt down by my bed and the moment that I did that gospel message that that guy had shared with me five years before that that gospel message, came flooding back into my mind, in my heart, and I was again, I saw clearly I was a sinner, I needed Christ as my Savior, and so at that moment, I gloriously repented, I believed in Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life, and uh, at that moment, I I just began to weep, and I came to faith in Christ, and I trusted in Christ as my Savior, you know, 145 on an early Sunday morning. I'd never been to church before in my life, and I'm on my knees in my bedroom, and I'm weeping. I felt that sense of peace come over me. I felt that weight of sin lift off of me. I felt my life had been completely changed. I sensed my life. I knew something had happened to me. I knew that I was not the same person I was five minutes before that. I felt all that anger go. I felt all that all that hurt and pain or whatever in your life. I felt all that lift off me. All I felt was the love of God. I felt peace in my heart. And I probably knelt in my room. I probably wept there for two or three hours, just weeping over the fact that I was not, I knew I was not who I used to be. And so I came gloriously to faith in Jesus Christ. Well, I finally fell asleep And I remember waking up the next morning and I thought, well, I guess I'm supposed to be in church. I don't know why that thought even came to me. So I got in my car and I drove to the first church I found. (laughs) I didn't know it could have been any kind of church. So I happened to end up at this church, which uh, I came to realize was a Pentecostal church. And so I guess you got to understand this when I got, because I got so radically converted, I was, I was on fire for Jesus now. And I didn't even realize it. Well, I walked into church and I'm sitting in the back of the church and somebody came back and asked me who I was. I was a visitor and they asked me, you know, what was I doing there kind of thing. I told him I just gave my life to Christ and I needed to find a church. And they went up and told the pastor. And of course, the pastor had me come up and he wants she they wanted me to share, you know, that Jesus saved me. And so I got up there and they gave me the microphone. I'm thinking, why do I have a microphone in my hand? I don't know anything about any of this. And I grabbed the microphone and I just started shouting in Jesus' name. Man, I am saved. I am born again. Praise God. All these words were coming out of my mouth. And what was great about that church that God led me, the Holy Spirit led me to that church. Was because that church let me, it it let me um, show my excitement for my faith, and I from that moment on I never missed a church service. I was in church. I wanted to help. I wanted to serve. I wanted to do anything I possibly could. The fire in my life. I wanted to sit in the front row. I wanted to be up. I thought if you sat in the front row, the fire was up there. So I thought I'd be more in the fire if I sat in the front of the church and. I just wanted to do whatever I could because I knew God had done such an incredible work in my life. I knew I felt different. I was not the same. The way I talked changed. The way I looked at things changed. The way that I thought about things completely changed. And so that was Sunday, and I remember just being on, loving the Lord, being on fire. And I remember I woke up on that Monday morning, and when I woke up that Monday morning, I went to a gym to work out. When I went to this gym where I always worked out, in that gym were all the guys I hung around with before I got saved. These guys were all, you know, they're sinners, and they they do what sinners do: sinners sin, and so they were involved in a lot of things like that. And I walked in there, and they started asking me to come to this particular party um, that night, where you know there'd be drinking and partying. And I remember looking at them, and all the boldness of the power of the Spirit. Because when I got saved, man, the power of the Holy Spirit just filled me. And it filled me with this uh, this um, burning desire to tell people about Christ. You know, for all of us who are on here who want to make a maximum impact, who are leadership, we need to be people that keep the fire burning in our life for souls. And so I, I that was just burning in me. And so I remember they were asking me to go to this party and be a part of this kind of thing that I used to be a part of. And the next thing I know, I looked at them and I said, hey, I'm not going to go to that because I gave my life to Jesus yesterday. And uh, they all kind of laughed at me and they kind of said, yeah, Jesus. And they kind of mocked it and they laughed at it. And you know How you get the persecution from all of that stuff. Well, I went on to serve the Lord. And the funny thing is about three or four of those guys that, that mocked me and made fun of me, They committed a crime and got all got put in prison for 10 years. So I'm now serving the Lord and I'm on fire for God. I never wanted to be in the ministry. I didn't think I didn't put reverend on my Bible. I didn't think about any of that. My concern was not to be a preacher or a reverend, or I just wanted to serve the Lord. Man, I would paint the church, I would clean the carpets, I clean the bath, whatever I needed to do because. I knew what Christ had done for me. And because I know what Christ had done for me, I wanted to do everything that I could for him. So I want to share this part of my journey with you. So I'm in church. Every time the door is open, I'm there. Every service I'm there, I'm asking the pastor, what can I do? What can I do? How can I help? And so I'm serving God for about a year. And in that year, I don't know about any of you, but I I wasn't there. I didn't understand the thing about praying and having a prayer life. I just knew that I was on fire for God. I read the Bible some, but I didn't really have a prayer life because I think I was never really taught about it. I was it was never really impressed on my life that much, or maybe I just didn't hear it. But I, I kind of had a life where I was kind of going up and I'd be down and up and down and up and down in my Christian life. Although I always stayed on fire, I kind of had that, you know, victory, no victory, victory, till a point where I got sick of it. And I thought, I am sick and tired of being up and down. I, I I know the Bible tells me that I can be more than a conqueror, that I can overcome temptations. I can win victory over those things. I can be above my circumstances, not underneath my circumstances. And so I remember the church started an early morning prayer meeting. And I remember going to that early morning prayer meeting. And the best way I can tell all of you, ladies and gentlemen, is when I went to that prayer meeting, it was probably at six o'clock in the morning. You got to understand, I went to prayer in the morning. I I, I would leave there and I had to go and work an eight to 10 hour day a job. I got done with my job and I went to I went to uh, school at night and then I had all the responsibilities of life and then I would get to bed really late, get up at five, make sure. So when I went to prayer that first time, I remember sitting, getting on my knees in that, in that darkened, it was a little church at the time and that dark little church at the time. And I remember praying, someone had given me an outline that helped me with prayer. And I remember I got, a, I opened my eyes an hour later and I'd spent an hour with the Lord. And man, it, it was like my salvation was the number one thing in my life. And now this thing, prayer hit me like an explosion and i came up out of my knees and i thought oh my goodness my life was changed again because i had i found this thing that connected me to god where i could talk to him that, that aspect of prayer and that started a prayer journey in my life that has never left me to this day i had from that moment on a passion to make sure that every morning I got up and spent time with God. And I remember early in those times when I would be tired because of working and school and all the things I was involved in. And I I didn't want to get up out of bed and go to prayer. My flesh wanted me to stay in bed. I remember my spirit man would rise up and say, get up. Remember what Jesus has done for you. And as soon as that would be impressed on my heart, I'd get up, I'd get ready, I'd get to the church, and I would pray. And man, that prayer life lasted. I kept praying, praying, praying every day, year, year and a half, two years. I'm just every single day up an hour to an hour and a half with the Lord in prayer. Well, after that time, and I'm continuing to pray like that, God opened up a door for me. Remember, I never wanted to be in the ministry. I never had any desire. I know nothing about being in the ministry. I didn't even know that was was something that you could do. And so what happened was God opened up a ministry door for me supernaturally. And I believe that it started. I believe the door opened because God could trust me in the little thing of having a a daily life of commitment to prayer. And when he can trust you in the fundamental things, when he can trust you in those small things of life, he knows he can trust you, and he will open up doors to bigger things. And when he opened up that door of ministry, it was with a group that traveled around the world, and I, I this group uh, did feats of strength. They would we be, I've been to South Africa four or five times. Uh, I've never been to East Africa or Northern Africa. I to South Africa many times, all over the world. And this group traveled all over, and they preached the gospel, shared their testimony. They would do feats of strength. They'd press tree trunks over their heads and break stacks of ice and bend, tear phone books and snap bats and do all these things. But then we would give our, it would draw masses of people, thousands and thousands of people would come and then we'd share a testimony and give them the gospel and people would get saved. Well, God opened up that door for me. So I quit my job that I really enjoyed my job, but God opened up that ministry door. I said, yes, Lord, I'll do it. So at that moment, I stepped into my first arena of ministry. and uh, But remember this, even though I was in the ministry, I never stopped my early morning prayer. I never stopped spending quality time with God because I realized I could not be the minister that God had called me to be if I wasn't a man of devoted prayer. And I believe that God looks for that commitment. And when you're a person and you're a man of prayer, listen, God can... The Holy Spirit doesn't want to work through machinery or methods. He wants to work through men. And he wants to work through men who have a heart for God, for the kingdom of God, who have a heart to do those things for God, those basic fundamental things of prayer and time in the word. And so I'm in the ministry now, but I'm spending time with the Lord. And I remember as we would travel around the world and whatever night it was, it was my time to share my testimony. I remember. Whether I knew it was or what it wasn't, but whenever, whenever I was called upon to share and to speak, man, the Holy Spirit would give me some fresh word. He'd drop a fresh word down in my spirit, and I'd step out there in front of all those people, and I'd share my faith in Christ. I'd give some great some illustration that the Spirit gave me, and people would be moved, and people would come to faith in Christ. I've preached on flatbed trucks Um, on the beach in places of spring break in America where everybody was stoned and high and drunk and I would preach the gospel and people would get saved. I preached in cockfight arenas in Mexico and people have come to faith in Christ. All this, the power of God moved in my life because number one, this power of God entered into my life, but I kept the fire burning because I kept adding kindling to the fire and kindling that kindling of prayer is what keeps the fire burning in your life. And because I was doing that, I continued to be used by God. I traveled and did that for a while. I became associate pastor at a church and I traveled and did all those things. So here I am, I'm entering into, I'm in the ministry. Now I'm in the ministry full time. But one thing I never, I never lost touch with was the fact that I had to be a man of prayer. And I know you guys know all this, and all you ladies, you know all this, and I'm sure men, I'm sure you guys are people of prayer, but I can't stress enough that we can't let ministry get in the way and steal our time with God. We need to be concerned about people, and we need to be concerned about the souls of people, but we can't let ministry steal our time from God. We can't let ministry rob us of spending our time with god and i don't know about you but sometimes ministry can get so busy and i think everybody on here is a ministry person am i right are you someone that's in some kind of a ministry give me a thumbs up something some of you were in the ministry right well ministry can take our time because we're so we're so focused on helping people and that's a great thing but many times we let we let the work of the ministry steal our time that we need to be spending with God. And the most important thing that we can do, we've got to stick with the fundamentals that make us the men or women of God that we really are. And that's not what kind of title we put in front of our name. It's not us being apostle or a prophet or a bishop or whatever. That's not what makes us who we are. What makes us as the men of God that we are, or the women of God that we are, is how we deal with the fundamentals of our Christian walk. And the fundamentals of our Christian walk are moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. The fundamentals of our Christian walk is that life of devoted prayer. And I don't mean praying five minutes a day, but I mean spending quality time with God, where you are set that time aside. doesn't matter what else is going on. I'm going to set my time aside. When I knew I was going to do this today, and I know, again, I'm not saying I'm the only one that does this. I know you guys and ladies are like this as well. At least I hope you are or believe you are. But, you know, I made sure I have to get on here and I have to speak to many, all these great brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world. Well, I don't want to do this not being in the power of God. I don't want to do this just in my own flesh. I don't want to do this in my own knowledge. I don't want to do this in a way that just, you know, maybe you hear something good and that's okay, great. I want to be someone when I minister to you even today that I got up this morning and I spent time with God because I want to make sure that what I'm doing is really making a difference. And I'm not going to really make an impact because we can get up and preach. We know how to put sermons together. We can get up there and share, but that's not what moves people. And that's not what makes the difference. That sermon, that teaching has to be backed by the power of the Holy Spirit because it's the power of the Spirit through his word that affects people's lives, that draws people to faith in Christ, that builds the life of the believer into the man or woman of God they're supposed to be. But we'll never walk in, move in that power of the Spirit, and have that power behind our sermons or our preaching or our teaching or whatever, unless we are doing the fundamentals of Christianity. And that is that we are men and women of prayer, but then also we are men and women of God's word. And I know a lot of times, you know, as being someone in ministry, we're always searching for the next thing to preach. We're always searching for the next thing to, to help the people or to disciple people with. But I think sometimes, I don't know about you, but we can get caught up in just searching the scriptures for a message. But we're not getting really getting into the word of God to, because we love the Lord and we just want to, to know and put his word inside of our hearts. So I guess what I want to say to all of us today is that, we need to be men and women of God who in these last days, and we're in the last days. And one way we know that by living in America, man, you can see the last days coming. You can see this nation is deteriorating day after day after day. You can see the, you can see the effects of all the things that are happening even upon the nation that I'm living in here. And you guys know this is more than I do in the world that you live in, the place that you live in. But we all understand one thing as we sit here together. None of us are anything without Christ. None of us can do anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. That we're all men and women who are in such need of the power of God's Spirit, but we're in such need of having that true, daily, intimate connection with God. That connection, again, will never come unless we are men and women of God who are spending time in God's Word. So my life went on in ministry. And now I, I always, I, I was blessed to be married to a great woman of God. And if you've never seen my wife, we minister on Facebook Live off of our ministry called Brad Total Ministries uh, every Tuesday evening and on Sunday mornings. But I thank God I got connected to a woman of God. And my wife is a woman of devout prayer. She's a woman who is a woman who has the word of God in her heart and the word of God just comes out of her mouth and she prays the word and she speaks the word. And so I'm joined together with someone that has that same desire and tenacity that I do. And let me come to a close with this. You know, I, I strived all my life to be the best I could possibly be. I was, I'm, I'm an athlete. So I, all my life, I was involved in athletics. I played football, American football, played baseball, did all those things. I got into powerlifting. I won a lot of awards in powerlifting. So I always strive to be the best I could be and to excel in everything I did, but I when, once I gave my life to Christ, I realized all that stuff is good and fine. But all those trophies I'm going to leave behind when I go to heaven. And all of those awards I'm going to leave behind when I go to heaven. I'm not going to have my book full of certificates, and I'm not going to carry my trophies in my arm to try to impress God when I get to heaven, because none of that makes a difference. The Apostle Paul said, I forget all that stuff. I forget all the bad things I've done. He said, I forget all the great things I've done. I I forget those things that are behind me, and I press on to Christ's likeness. And that's what we need to be, are people that aren't caught up in anything about ourselves. We're nothing without Jesus. We're nothing without the Holy Spirit. We need to be God men and we need to be God women. And that's why I, I started off this. I started this off by saying 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, and be strong. So we're living in the last days, and we need to be people who are sober, who are alert, who are standing strong. In the faith of God. And again, the way we stand strong and the way we build our spiritual muscles is by spending time in, with God in prayer. And I would challenge all of us, again, maybe you are men of great prayer. I read so many things uh, about the great men who have passed away, who lived lives that where they spent hours and hours and hours a day in prayer. You know, all of us here, I don't know about you, but I have a ministry, but I also, have to, I also work outside of my ministries. I have a job too. So I do ministry, but then I also go to a job and work. And again, all this stuff can take my time. And I'm not 30 years old anymore. And so, you know, you get to a certain place in life, you can get a little bit tired, you know, in the evening and those kind of things. But I've made a determination in my life that I'm never going to stop moving forward in my life in Christ. And let me close with this. One thing I never do, and I have never done, after I got saved... This was decades ago. After I gave my life to Christ at 27 years old, I never, ever looked back, nor did I ever want to go back. I never wanted to taste of what God brought me out of. I never, even in the most difficult of times that I've walked through in my life, and we've all walked through difficult times, no matter how many difficult times I that came in my life, I never had a desire to look back to want to go back, to want to be a part of what I was before. I knew Jesus had changed me. I was filled with the power of his spirit. I loved the Lord and all of that, that ability to keep moving forward and not looking back, no matter how hard it gets, you strain for the prize of the high calling of God. You're like a runner running to the finish line and we strive and we move forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. That is made possible Because we spend time with God in prayer and we have built ourselves up in prayer and build ourselves up in our most holy faith, always filled with and praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope that's been a blessing to you today. I think I was given a 45 minutes or so, so I don't want to go over my time. I don't know what uh, Mr. God's Power. I love that guy's name. I I think I'm going to rename myself to Victory God's Power. And I'm going to be the Victory God's Power here in the USA. <laughs> so um, I don't know how else he wants me to do right now. But I'm. I, it's such a pleasure to be with you guys in prayer. Uh, such a pleasure to see you guys and know that you're in other parts of the world. And Um, I hope and I pray for all of you. So, you know, as I'm ending, let me, can I spend some time in prayer with you for, let me pray over all of you right now in Jesus' name. Can we do that? Let's just bow our heads before the Lord in prayer. Father, we just come before you right now in Jesus' name. Oh God, we thank you. We love you so much. We, We are men and women of God who are here gathered together in your name. There's no factions, dissensions, divisions. We are just all of one spirit and one mind and one heart. Loving you, Lord, uh, because you first loved us. I pray for all of us that are on here together that Holy Spirit, you would, you would cause a fire to burn inside of us that fire no matter how old we are no matter how long we've been in ministry no matter how what kind of things we've gone through that that fire would burn in us to have a deeper relationship with you that fire would burn inside of us the power of the holy spirit would burn and that fire would burn in us that we would have a passion jesus to always love you to serve you to make you the number one thing in our lives And I pray over over all these men and women of God that are on here right now. I know that there are nations in the world that are hostile to Christianity. They're hostile to the things that they are trying to do for the kingdom of God. I don't know everything about them, but one day I hope I do. But I pray if anybody on here is dealing with persecution, I pray today for you. I pray for your courage. I pray for your faith that you step out of the boat and walk on the water. I pray for your faith to be enlarged. I pray for your faith to grow. I pray, Father, I pray that you, Father, would keep evil men and the intentions of evil men, that those evil intentions would not even be able to fall upon their life. And I pray that you would protect them. I pray Psalms 91 protection over their life. They would hide themselves in the shadow of the Almighty. God, and in that shadow of the Almighty, Father, I thank you today that in the shadow, Father God, of the Almighty, that they'd be able to say of you, Lord, that you are their refuge, And you are their fortress, that you are the God in whom they trust. And I thank you today, Lord God, that they will be delivered from the snare of the fowler. They will be delivered from the perilous pestilence, that you will cover them with your feathers and under your wings they will take refuge. You will be their shield and their buckler. They will not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at their side. And ten thousand at their right hand But it will not come near them I thank you today God No evil shall befall them Nor any plague come near their dwelling For you will give your angels charge over them Lord To keep them, to bear them up Unless they strike their foot against the stone They will tread upon the lion and the cobra The young lion and serpent They will trample underfoot And Lord because They have set their love upon you You will deliver them You will set them on high because they have known your name. They will call upon you and you will answer them and you'll be with them in trouble. You will deliver them and honor them. And with long life, you will satisfy them and show them your salvation. So, Father, we thank you for these men and women of God. And all of us make a commitment today that we're going to serve you like never before. But we make a commitment today that we're going to pray and spend time with you and abide with you like we never have before. And we pray all these things, and if anybody's sick in Jesus' name, may the healing power of God touch you right now in Jesus' name. May the healing power of the Lord touch your body right now and make you whole in Jesus' name. God is still saves, he still heals, and he still sets the captives free. Thank you, Lord, for these things, and for my brothers and sisters in Christ, in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you guys. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I hope this has been a blessing to you, in Jesus' name. Amen.